0: All right, what's up, y'all, and welcome to the Sports Medicine broadcast uh, Diagnostic Accuracy. Uh, we are live at the Memorial Hermann Sports Medicine Update with Dr. Mark Knobloch here at the University of Houston. I'm your guest host today, Ray Olivo. Join our conversation today at sportsmedicinebroadcast.com uh, backslash Diagnostic Accuracy. So uh, thank you, Dr. Knobloch, for being here today and spending the morning with us. Uh, Dr. Knobloch just wrapped up a, a great presentation today on diagnost- Diagnostic Accuracy. Uh, first question for you today is, um, do you personally have a cutoff, uh, in terms of diagnostic factors, uh, that would determine if you would use a test or, or imaging techniques?
1: That is a good question. And that is, I don't, I don't. Okay. And what it comes down to is if there's 30 tests, like, you know, there's a lot of tests for things like the anterior drawer, yes. you know, you can do. And so then you have a lot of options. So of course you're going to choose the better ones. Uh, the meniscus test is, uh, meniscus tear is another one. You got aptly, you know, compression and 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 McMurray's and things like The more tests you have, the more you can actually establish a threshold. Right. The problem is when you have, uh, you know, corcochromial ligament, there's only one or two tests. You kind of right. have no choice, but those tests have some values to them. So, yeah, to answer your question, I don't have one um, unless there's a lot of tests available. Then it obviously you'll go to the higher ones. You know, some people will still do them all anyway. And I don't like that because it's just like, you're just, it's like, you're, you're not really, uh, what's the word? You're not really evaluating. You're just throwing everything at them and see what sticks. Right. You know, get rid of the ones that, that aren't as necessary. Cause every time you pull on something that might be torn, you're putting the patient through pain. So, um, but no, I don't have a, I don't have a specific number. Like it has to be over 70 for sensitivity or, or not anything like that. It really kind of depends on how many tests are available. Very good. Yeah. All right.
0: Um, do you- do you believe that parents, athletic trainers, physicians, other healthcare professionals are get image happy? And oh, what do you think are possible contributors to, to That's
1: that? a good question. The thing about the MRI and the x-ray is that they're visual. I can see things. I can see a fracture on an x-ray. The problematic part is things like blood tests, where mm. it's, it comes down to enzymes. Did the enzymes show up correctly? And yes, there, you know, there's a whole science to how tests are done about having controls and, and things like that. But I do believe that, yes, they want a rapid answer of show me the MRI. The problem is, while there are a lot of people like that, the other side of it is there are a lot of people who can't always afford that. Right. They don't have insurance or they have inadequate insurance. They haven't met their deductible. Right. So yes, uh, I would love to send everybody for an MRI. And I don't know what the cost, probably $3,000 yeah. for an MRI these days. <clears throat> Maybe with contrast, it's more. Um, you go tell a, a single mom that who has to take off work to go get the MRI. First of all, she took off work for the doctor's appointment. Right. Doctor, she wants an MRI. Doctor wants to get an MRI, refers her for an MRI, spends two hours, you know, away from work there and then has to go back and get it read and everything else. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that if we don't have to do that in the athletic training room and we need to, and we can be confident, then, then let's use our special test, our diagnostic test. The other side of it is again, MRI is very confirmative in a lot of cases, and it's amazing. That's what technology does. When we talk about people are saying we need to cure more diseases, that's what the MRI is doing. It's bringing to us technology to find this stuff. But at the same time, if as I answered one question there, if we just everyone that walks in our athletic training room is sent for an image, why are we there? You know mm-hmm. why why are we evaluating people um, and using our knowledge if we're just going to send them for an MRI anyway? Right. So we have to have some ability, especially in orthopedic tests, to at least filter out those that really don't need to go if the parents want it if they want to pay for it i don't know i mean i'm sure every school has their own policy but parents wants to pay for it fine go get your mri on your own i have no problem with that i mean it's patient care right but i'm not going to send everybody for an mri unless it's obviously necessary right so
0: to kind of add on to that um can you talk a little bit about treating the patient or student athlete? So, so treating the, the the particular student athlete or patient versus treating the image or mm, um, yeah, you know, what diagnostic test? Well, and that's
1: the, the the problem with and it's a great question because the problem is if an MRI shows it it's torn that's the reference standard. These I mean we know it's torn. I mean, right. I'll give you an example things like tumors or something like that. Somebody's dizzy or they they lose some hearing in one ear. Does that mean they have a brain tumor? Does that mean they're getting old? Does that mean they have uh, degenerative uh, eighth cranial nerve or what yep. I can go see you for an MRI and I'll know exactly whether they have a brain tumor or not. Right. So there are times that, you know, we treat them symptomatically. And mm-hmm. so in, in, in athletics, in an athletic setting or active patient setting, the, the nice thing is that most, and I, I say this with a grain of salt, but most injuries we deal with are not life threatening. Okay. You hurt your shoulder. You tore your ACL. Yeah. If I'm wrong. Okay. It's not fatal. I feel bad and I'm, I regret it, but you know, when, when it comes to certain internal injuries, MRI is, is, is just a savior in a lot of cases. But I think we as athletic trainers need to understand we are there to provide medical care. Medical care does not mean if you're, if you're, you have a headache, I send you for an MRI. I need to actually do a concussion evaluation. I need to check for a vestibular condition. Do you just have a headache? Are you dehydrated? Things like that. So yeah, let's not just, uh, um, you know, refer everybody, but and but when the Im- when the image is on, I mean, the image is correct. It's hard to argue with an X-ray of a fracture, right. you know. So, I uh, I think this is what you're getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, if, if they're injured, yes. But we the 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 issue is, who do we send for that Im- that image? And so correct. orthopedically, I we have so many special tests. Let's use them. That's why I we went to school. That's why you took student loans out. Right. Who's gonna <laughs> refer them? Great. I mean, you can, but you, how, are you saving the school money? Are you doing your job? Are you actually a providing medical care or are you really a tech you know or a receptionist okay you're here you're hurt I look at you yep you need to see the doctor if we're not separating any out I think that's a little bit problematic absolutely and I don't think that's the best care because not all patients um, can afford it or need to afford to go get a full workup you know cardiac uh, conditions are another one in high in high school athletes it's so rare to have a cardiac condition Um, but if somebody's not exercising, or you know, falling out, Does that mean they need an MRI, do they need an ECG or any echo? right? Or do we just hold them out give them some fluids and let them return? So right? yeah, there's it, it's a it's a it's a slippery slope, sure. You know? We have this technology available. Do we always use it, or do we use the technology that doesn't cost as much, which is our our training and uh, treat them based on that? And we're gonna be wrong. you right. know we we say fail safe. If you're gonna fail and make the incorrect um, diagnosis or whatever, do it in something that's not fatal, not going to permanently injure, things like that. Okay, I was wrong. I missed the ACL. You know, you had one, but uh, that's kind of what I what I would say is let's let's use this, look at the diagnostic accuracy, and help figure out which tests really work and which don't.
0: Right. Um, going back to the question about being image happy uh, or, or whatnot in regards to parents, um, as simple as you can put it, what's the conversation that you would have with say high school? um, parents, um, before the season begins, just about your, your confidence in your evaluation Mm -hmm. as the athletic trainer, healthcare practitioner at that school. If
1: if I'm, if I'm, if in, you know, and and we won't get into, well, you know, some, some of them get very defensive. I'm athletic trainer. I'm certified. I'm trained just on a, on a very simple conversation. It's like, look, if I think your child can be treated in our athletic training room, then I'm going to treat him here. If I think your child is injured, and they need an MRI. I'm going to send them to our team physician. I can't even order the MRI, but I'll send them to our team physician. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to help provide your care. I'm trying to keep your child uh, playing. And one of the arguments I always made to parents was, look, you can send them to your own your own doctor. But I'll tell you right now, if you send them to a family practitioner who deals mostly with geriatrics, and your child has a sprained ankle grade one, they're going to be out for two weeks, and I can't overrule that. Right. So you have to be prepared that you know we're here. We deal with an active population. Let us take care of your child. But I also see that, you know, it's their child and, and uh, they want what they want, not necessarily what you as a trained medical professional want. Right. And so if they want to go get an MRI, go for it. I, I won't argue. And I, you have my full backing and whatever we need to do. But be prepared that there's cost, there's time. And then if they're uh, even a slight injury, they may be out for a long time, right. depending on what physician they see.
0: Um, do you feel that there's any uncertainty surrounding the usefulness of diagnostic accuracy values in athletic training? And how do you make the language more universal?
1: Yeah. Do I think there's value? I think there is untold value. Yes. And, and I, I will say the, the nice thing is that the curriculums have started requiring it. And in, yep. in, so the more recent students that are out um, have, have gone through all this. Uh, I didn't go through this when I was a st- uh, student in the mid-90s. And I had to learn it and I didn't understand the value. I just went, I, you know, and that's why I use that example of, well, that's what I was always taught, because that's how I knew learn special tests. We were taught these, you know, 40 tests. And so I used, I do this test, this test, this test on the knee. I didn't understand what they meant. I mean, I knew how to interpret it. Oh, you have laxity or whatever, or a clicking or an endpoint or whatever. But I think it's essential. And I, I hope that those that have been in this profession as long or longer than I have, see the value in, and understanding it. You don't need to know them. It's not statistics. It's not math. It's mm-hmm. That's just talking about how the numbers came about. All that you need to know is there is a number, there's a percent that that test um, either is correct, percent of time it's correct, and the percent of time it's incorrect. Right. And so you, why use tests that are known to be incorrect a lot? Right. And so I can't remember the second part of your question.
0: Uh, how do we make the language more uh, universal?
1: It's, it's getting there. Um, I think one is because of the curriculum, the, the newer students are getting this taught to them specifically. I think, um, a few more, uh, talks like this at conventions. The problem is you have to phrase it right because <laughs> seeing the words diagnostic accuracy, or if I said something like, uh, interpreting the, the, the statistical value of special nobody's going to show up. All right. <laughs> so you kind of almost have to trick them into getting there. Um, something like how to, how to make your real, your, 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 your special test skills really cool, I don't know, but um, <laughs> I think it just has to be. It's, a, it's it's not slow, but it's just you have to have a, hope. There's a mindset that they want to provide the best care, and, and a lot of you know if you've been doing something twenty years, it's hard for me to come in and say, "Why are you doing that? It doesn't work." And right. You just say, "Well, I always did this," right. it, you know. So no. the numbers are also open to interpretation. Sure. So uh, me saying sixty percent is good specificity of or true positive. You could easily say, well, it's 40% false negative right, or false positive. And I, I can't argue with that. So, right. again, that's where it goes back to the threshold. Right. So I, I have an issue with people that are using tests that are in the 30s when there's other better tests out there.
0: Right. So. Um, are there certain circumstances which you would recommend not focusing on diagnostic uh, accuracy factors?
1: Ooh, uh, good question. Yeah. Um, when you have the time, I'd say, no, uh, I'm just thinking if there's a life threatening condition and you, you know, but that all those things have, have been tested at some, you know, even like six person lift versus a log roll. That's not really diagnostic accuracy, but, um, uh, gosh, I, it's a great question. I just don't know. And I, there's probably is an answer. I just can't think of. of sure. It. Um, and I guess what you're kind of going on is, is, is there a time when you go on your gut versus the right. actual statistical exactly. testing? Exactly. Yep. Um, I think the gut is, is great just because a test is positive. It's not, it's not hundred percent. And if you feel, you know, let's do a, let's do a, um, compression test of the spine on a football player. You push, you have him sit straight, you push down the top of his or her head mm-hmm. and they don't feel pain. Test is pretty accurate, but if you're like, yeah, but you did this and you did this and you're having pain here. They're you know going with a gut is great. Not saying go with it all the time, but on those kind of when there's a large potential risk potential, I think that's great to to go with the gut. Yeah, especially those potentially catastrophic injuries.
0: Right. Um, How do you how do you get your students to buy into this idea of diagnostic diagnostic accuracy factors? Yeah. Um,
1: The one the one that really clicks for me is this is how you win arguments. Mm -hmm. Is because we've all been in those situations where. Why do you use this product? Why do you do this? And so people are like, "Oh, it's just, it's just what I've always done," you know. And when you, when I've told and I've taught this five times, this class five times that we, we discuss this, and when I tell them that if somebody questions you and you spit out some diagnostic accuracy values, that conversation's over. Yeah. It, there, there is nobody going to challenge you on that because right. they're like, "Oh my gosh, this person really knows what's going on." But if you said, "I don't know," "I it just," "It's easy to do," I could challenge that in a heartbeat. I could say easily, but it's got. 40% specificity. Why are you using it? That's going to really throw the conversation for a loop. And yeah. you're not going to have much argument in that case. Um, but try and make it fun to make them understand that it's not statistics. I'm just showing you how we got here. But all you need to know is the number that spits for, from a clinical side. All you need to know is how that, what that final number that spits out is 60%, 92%, whatever. And so I don't make a memorized test. I just say, you know, Here's where the numbers, you go and find your own tests you like, but understand what the numbers mean and you have to be able to justify that as
0: well. Sure. Um, this is the last one for you here. So uh, there are some orthopedic tests out there currently with minimum or extremely limited research or information around, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their accuracy. Um, where does proof of the value of the test come in? And do you feel it is solely up to the researcher or the clinician in that case?
1: So I guess my question is, are you saying that there, if there isn't a value that's reported do we still do the test? Correct. Yeah. Yes. I, yes, but the problem is, I mean, I, 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 there's, there's certain injuries out there, and, and I talked about this. It's hard to get values because it's so expensive. Because you have to go and do the reference standard, which is usually MRI or arthroscopic surgery, right. to know that okay, I physically see the tear. And so, yes, there are injuries out there that, um, that, that don't have values yet because they just don't have the funding to do it or whatever. Do you still do it? Well, there's probably some evidence somewhere. And so what I would recommend is trying to find that evidence. There's mm-hmm. probably a study that, you know, it's, it might just be that, you know, things like the uh, the, the issue with nerves are a problem. Things like uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. Right. It's hard to show that on MRI. It's hard to show that our Yes, I can show that... Um, that there's, you know, you have an extra rib. Dr. Bajani's talk yesterday, they did a a neat one in the show, the MRI, where the arms are held up, but it's a dangerous thing. But when you do it for long enough, you can see that the blood flow is compressed. Right. That's your, now we have to do that on enough people to show, you know, and that's so expensive. And so there are tests out there that, or there, there there are conditions out there that don't have good tests. I still say do them because you're just, you're not very rarely, I mean, in some cases, you know, things like ACL, you might do, they, they heard a pop, they can't walk, you do an anterior drawer test and their, their knee just tr- translates like crazy. That's, in some cases, one test is fine, but usually you're going to do multiple tests. So, thoracic outlet, you do Adson's test and, and whatever, Phelan's test or whatever you're going to do, and you're building up an argument. And you're probably, you're, what are you really deciding? You're not necessarily diagnosing, you're deciding, do they need to go on for further testing or whatever. And so, in the athletic training room, if there's a test and you have a condition presented that doesn't have a test or that doesn't have a value assigned to it, go ahead and do it. Go with your gut. You mm-hmm. know, um, that's, you know, research is hard and it's expensive. And I think over the years, we're going to start getting these filled in and, and things like that. But yeah, there's, and, and technology is going to keep increasing. So there might be ways we can find these easier, but um, yeah, if the test doesn't exist, go or the, sorry, the, if the diagnostic values don't exist, go ahead and, and do it because it's, it's, it's about patient care because right. your options are what, don't do anything at all or do this test that you really don't know. Right. If the test is possible, because we can all, as I mentioned, we can all create a test. I mean, if, if you want to throw your name on something and have them do it, that's great. But does it work? Well, if your argument's there, at least try it. Mm-hmm. And then start, you know, maybe back it up with some other ones and say, you know what? Maybe I'm on something here. Yeah. So right. cost thing, you know, savings, cost and time, anything we can do to, to improve patient care and maybe not have to get them that MRI in, all, in every case is very important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome stuff, man. Yeah, thank so you. We have uh, Dr. Dr. Mark Knobloch with us here today with the Sports Medicine Broadcast. Again, thank you for your time this morning, Dr. Thank Knobloch. you as well. Thank uh, you, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> Check out physicaltherapy.com if you need CEUs. Uh, using the Sports Medicine Broadcast affiliate link helps us both out. Um, our sponsors today are physicaltherapy.com. Use the code one, the number one free course. Contact us at our website, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com backslash diagnos- diagnostic accuracy. For Ray Olivo, Dr. Mark Knobloch and the Sports Medicine Broadcast, that's a wrap.